The following audio brought to you by TSF Entertainment Podcast may contain graphic descriptions of violence and or audio clips of violence or sexual explicit events. Listener's discretion is advised. And oh. welcome back to the TSF Entertainment channel. It's me, Retro CG, in the building. And we have the first lady of TSFE in the building. This is really BTV. What's up? How you doing? What's you up? What's up? What's work? up? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't ready yet, were you? I was. I was going to ask you something before we started recording. Um, and then, but <laughs> I was trying to catch you real quick. It's nothing private or nothing. I was just going to. I mean, we might. I guess we could cross over. Say, did you get a look at the um the Power Book Two stuff I sent you? Whoa, I'm actually excited about seeing it. Did you see that? Wasn't it? I was like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so look, y'all know we we might be giving this season power, and we ready for it. We y'all know we review all of the powers over here. Um, and so I was gonna ask you about it before we started recording, but I'm like, we can go ahead and cross over so we can advertise and let people know if you've been enjoying our best man. Um, just know that we're gonna we're gonna be recovering, we're gonna be reviewing <laughs> Bel Um, so if you like best man, you love Bel Air, and power is coming back next month, and we will be doing power. So we're about to be we got we about to be real busy over here on TSL. We about to be real busy, so <laughs> Well, tonight we're here to talk about the best man, the final chapters, and it's mm -hmm. season one, episode six, An American Marriage. I'm going to hit us with that intro, and we're going to be back to talk about this episode. All right, let's go. American marriage first thoughts um I just think it was I think this was a good episode um I, I just again I think the writers are doing a really in my opinion um a really good showing the ebbs and flows of a marriage you know um and I think they're doing a really good job of showing how marriages fall apart I think a lot of times, especially when we get older and, you know, we're in a place where we've met, we've known people since they met who they're with. They, we've seen them dating. We've, we've gone through the whole engagement, wedding, you know, and then you they come to you one day and say, yeah, we, we, we go to divorces and win. And you always go, well, what happened? And I think right. they're doing a really good job of showing us how these three different couples really, I mean, and I think it's realistic in a friend group. You have the friend who unfortunately lost their spouse and they're processing that and they're raising their kids and doing the best they can. We may not love the uh, Lance's decisions, but he's doing the best he can. You know, he's really struggling. And then we have 
um, you know, Nia Long's character, the the single woman, the the, the go getter, and then we have these three couples who have very different issues in their marriage, but it doesn't lessen what's in, that they're dealing with stuff. So I think I don't know the writing team on this front or ever. I don't know anybody's name. Y'all can put it in the in the comments and let us know. I can look it up too. But I just think they're doing an awesome job. That's just me. They are doing an awesome job. You know, uh, we like to nitpick a little bit over here at TSFE, so forgive us. Overall, I think uh, we're six episodes into this thing. Um, I have actually watched the all eight episodes. I know you haven't yet, but um, no. uh, I have mixed reviews on where we're at right now, but I think you are absolutely right. I think they have done a tremendously great job on showing us the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, you know, the everything that a normal, real life marriage would encounter, even down to some of the problems, you know. Now, I'm not quite sure where we're going at with the infidelity yet. We haven't seen that part yet. We haven't seen that, but we're, we're seeing the prelude to what could possibly lead to infidelity. So it's like you said, a lot of times in when we think that picture perfect couple that's got it all, that has it made, that oh, they look so perfectly happy, we could also be perfectly blind to what's really going on inside that marriage. So I think they are giving us a very good inside look on a typical marriage. Episode starts off with the trailer for Unfinished Business. And uh, we see all the characters, uh, how they were portrayed in the book. And it seems to be that maybe some of the uh, production uh, team has maybe embellished a little bit of the characters uh, uh, in Unfinished Business. I don't know if they were originally written like this because my whole thing with Merch is Merch is watching the trailer while he's at the boxing gym. And um, he's upset with how his character has been betrayed. But let's go all the way back to 1999. Uh, Best Man. When Merch was the actual first person to read Harper's book. Merch was the very first person because uh, Harper was actually surprised that he had got a hold of the book. Well, I, don't, I think Jordan was the first person that read the book. But uh, Merch was the second one out of the friend group that read the book. My point, I guess my issue is, why didn't Merch have an issue with the way his character was portrayed in Unfinished Business all these years? Why is it now that it's on the big screen that he now has an issue with how his character is portrayed in the book? Help me understand that. I was a little confused about that. Because he's not. Because two two things, in my opinion. One, he's not. And two, it's hard for us to look back when we are no longer that person anymore it's very hard for us to look back and be honest about who we were in that moment so it's hard okay. for him to look back and see him as you know this gut, you know, nose wide open chasing behind you know Shelby. I think it's hard for him to because again remember, he's in the gym because he feel like he got pumped in front okay. of his kids so I don't think okay. I think that it's it's a hard pill to swallow to say, wait a minute. And then it's also it's one thing to read, you know, books are never the same as a movie. So it's one thing to read who you are and the description of who you are 
It's something else to see it on screen. Hey, you did a great job. So that's my that that's my opinion. You did a great job breaking it down for me because I didn't look at it from that perspective. So from that perspective, I can understand now because you're right. He is not the same person as he was back in 1999. And you're right. Seeing his character portrayed in the way it was running in behind Shelby, and, you know, just kind of being the gullible soft guy out of the group. I can see why he's he's bothered now. Now that you explain it to me. Right. And all, all this, uh, right. And also remember that a lot of this started because of what happened in front of his daughters. Do you think he wants his daughters to see that portrayal of him? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, so we did switch over to Harper and Robin. Harper's finally home. So whatever Tay Diggs. <laughs> That kept him away these previous episodes. He's back now. <laughs> um, right. I think he was out on maybe a book tour or something. Maybe he was out on a book tour, or maybe he just went away to uh, focus on um, doing some writing. Or he something. went away to write. Well, the way they so, yeah, the way they explained it on the show was that he went away to write. Yes, I wasn't sure if that was he was on a book tour, if he was doing some type of press for the movie, or. If he was out on a book tour, but I think they did say something about he went to uh go right. Okay, so he's home, and Robin's kind of giving him the cold shoulder for missing New Year's Eve. However, it's New Year's Day now, he's mm -hmm. home. He didn't miss New Year's Eve because he didn't want to be home, he was trying to get home. Flights got delayed, got canceled. I mean, there's really not much you can do in those instances when you are stuck. At an airport, you know, we just seen that here <laughs> recently. You know this firsthand experience. I mean, so I can understand her being upset because her husband wasn't home for New Year's Eve, but it's New Year's Day, he's home. Let's celebrate the fact that you're home safe and sound, and let's move forward. However, she is still upset with the whole she didn't get Robin's Nest or the little restaurant thing that she was trying to get going, the pay-as-you-go restaurant. That's what she's ultimately mm -hmm. upset about. But everything else is now a tie-in. And they begin to argue, and Harper tries to uh, apologize for, you know, being a little negligent and following up with the realtor in regards to the restaurant. Um, and then he also expressed some concerns about jumping into the unknown where this restaurant was concerned, which I felt like he should have expressed those concerns over the phone when she called about it. Instead of just leading her on, thinking that he was going to call about it, he should have told her then that, hey, babe, I, I want to dig into this a little bit more. We need to discuss this a little bit more, and I don't think this is the time for us to discuss this over the phone. He then goes on to remind her that she's not all the way fully invested in all of her obligations you know he started to list out you know the fact that she had a garden that she was intending to the fact that she wanted to give more for charity she's doing the the uh cooking thing youtube thing uh the robin's nest which he does make valid points however i don't think they 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 stack up to this level of purchasing a business and Purchasing, purchasing a business blindly versus her not tending to a garden in the backyard. I don't think those two kind of equate. 
However, she then starts to throw back in his face about how she's always supported him and the things that he's wanted to do. He's, she's always supported his career, which she has. And the mere fact that he's kind of selfishly looking at this from one perspective, then they get into this whole big argument about the house and she screams and hollers about she never wanted the house and storms off up the stairs. What, what are you thinking about this? I mean, I feel like it's exactly predicted in the last episode. Then everything he said is what we said. Like, listen, you know, I'm sorry I missed it, but that was a major decision that you wanted me to make while I was away. I didn't get a chance to see. Like, again, it wasn't just buying a property. It was starting a business. It was a lot of money, you know, and I think that... <clears throat> that um the other thing with him him bringing up you know all of the projects they finished again that wasn't something we necessarily knew but again we talked about that we said you know this is a major endeavor that she wants him to just sign off on sight unseen and yeah i'm sorry he wasn't there but i also think it was unfair of her to ask him to make that sort of a commitment over the phone it was just honestly it was bad timing he wasn't there when she when she needed him. Mm-hmm. And that's what she's ultimately upset about. And this actually kind yeah, of goes back to best men. Yeah, we called it. We called it. This actually even goes down to her back. saying she never wanted that house. Did we bring that up? Yep. Too? We knew that she about didn't want that not, house. Her never, I mean, never even really moved. Yeah, we knew that she didn't ever want that house because, I mean, she pretty it was all over her face when they first went to go look at the house. So we knew that the subject of that house was going to be revisited again. So she just let her true colors be known this episode that she really wasn't feeling the house to begin with. But it kind of goes back to uh, Best Man. I think they are doing a very good job on letting us see that things that we initially see in a relationship that we overlook but later on, years on down the line, they come back and haunt us or they come back and revisit us. And instead of addressing it in that moment in time, we wish it away, ignore it away, and think that it's going to go away. But really, it becomes a bigger problem that festers into the marriage. Uh, I experienced some of those things when I was married, where there were things that probably should have been addressed at the beginning of the marriage, at the beginning of the relationship, that shouldn't have spilled over into the marriage. Case in point. I remember a scene, uh, I think it was at the wedding reception or pro maybe at the bachelor party when they were playing cards or something. They talked about Harper not bringing Robin around and not really being seriously committed to the relationship. And they also, he also spoke to the fact that Robin has had many different types of careers and the catering thing is finally the one that she decided to stick with. So we know that over the years in their relationship that she's had different type of things that she's she's been interested in wanting to try to pursue a career in, but they never really take it off or she's never really vested the time in it. Where it seems like she's fully invested in this catering career and she's and it's kind of spilling into you know, an activist type of situation. It's kind of spilling into now I want a restaurant. So she's kind of all over the place with this thing. But it's all centered around her cooking and the food and she wants from uh, farm to table type of cooking. Even when she was on the island at Quentin's wedding, you know, she got enamorated with the, 
the lady who had the little seafood stand. So we see that she's kind of building around her love and passion for cooking. But Harper is kind of reticent about all of it because he's waiting for her to say, well, you know, I'm on to my next thing now. So I think a lot of that probably should have been addressed in an earlier conversation and not in the argument. But again, it goes back to what I said at the beginning of this. This is how marriages disintegrate. This is how we get into these situations because people don't talk. People let issues, they let issues fester. And then, like you said, by the time it comes out, then it comes out rough and with venom. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was very surprised to see in the very next scene, we see them in counseling. So they have decided to go to uh, couples or marriage counseling, and both of them are angry. Both of them are uh, angry about situations that are currently going on in their lives, particularly Robin's uh, frustrated about the whole restaurant thing. Harper's uh, upset about his career. So that's the problem in the moment in time right now. However, there are other problems that are lingered in this relationship that has probably led them to having to go to marriage counseling. But it was nice to see that they were actually able to come to some type of resolve. The counseling seemed to be working. I don't know if they were just making a conscious effort to try to make it work because they were going to counseling because there were some compromises that that came out in counseling. So do we think that the marriage is going to survive since we see some positivity that's occurring with the counseling? Do you think there's hope? I I don't know because I think fundamentally they're different. Yeah. I think they love each other, but I think there's some fundamental differences there. And so, like, for example... I think they love each other, but I don't know if they really like who they've become. Like something she said in therapy that made me take serious pause. And one thing she said in therapy was he he is about acquiring things. He had it, and I don't care about any of that. Those are fundamental issues. And that doesn't mean that they can't work. But again, Hopper is always, he always wants to move to the next thing buying a bigger house. I don't want to write this anymore. I want to challenge myself. I want to do something different. And she, I think she would be perfectly fine living in that same house in Harlem for the next 50 years and him writing those old again because it was steady, it was lucrative, and it was it was easy. And I think she would have been fine with that. And he, that's not who he is. So I don't know if in the long, I think temporarily going to therapy works. But I'm I'm just people. I'm a firm believer, and you can't force your partner to change. Either you accept who they are, and they evolve on their own. Because some people do evolve on their own. They change. Say, you know what? I'm content. Like for one point in time, I was chasing, chasing, chasing. But you know what? Now I'm content. But they have to do that on their own. You can't make somebody change. So either she's going to find a way to accept that that's who he is and adjust accordingly or well, i don't know if long term it works you know what i'm saying good point 
I think for me right now, if I just had to place a bet on it, I don't think there's much hope for this marriage. And I don't think that there is uh, no hope for the marriage because there isn't love. I agree with you. I believe there is love in the relationship. They have a child. It was a very uh, difficult pregnancy and uh, birth for her. Um, so I think for that, they will always have a special bond. However, I think that they have grown apart. And it's okay to... Sometimes people think that, you know, the worst thing in the world is a divorce and uh, closing the door on a marriage. Sometimes we don't always get married for the right reasons. Thus, it's not going to last. Sometimes we make, just like we make poor decisions in life in general, sometimes we make poor decisions in going into a marriage. So because a marriage ends, that doesn't necessarily mean that it, it ended because of a bad reason. It doesn't necessarily mean that a marriage ended because of infidelity. It doesn't mean uh, a marriage ended because of abuse. Sometimes a marriage can end simply because we have grown apart. I'm on a different page in life. And a lot of it has to, uh, a lot of it has to do with you, your maturity level and how you mature and age over the years. Some people grow and learn how to move forward in life from that growth. And some people are kind of stuck in a position in life where they're not willing to accept change and they're not willing to compromise and they're not willing to adapt. So I think for those reasons is why I feel the marriage is going to end. I don't think that Harper is going to cheat on her with Jordan. I don't think that she's going to cheat on him with the, the fruit stand guy, whatever his name is, Jaha, uh, whatever. I don't think that that's how the marriage is going to end. Now, they may end up going to these other people after their marriage ends, but I think ultimately their marriage is going to come to an end because we are seeing it more and more in each episode. They are growing apart from each other. Distance, emotionally, physically, they are growing apart from each other. And with that, there is no hope for a marriage to survive and thrive if there is no emotional connection. But they also may make it. I, I, so. I agree. I mean, I agree. So yeah, I think Ty will, but I definitely like. I just feel like that is a recipe for disaster when you are looking for somebody to stop being who they were. Because again, I don't think Harper is being any like he hasn't changed. You know what I mean? I don't feel like. I mean, I don't feel like Harper's changed. I don't think he has either. And I think out of all the characters over the years, he is one that has pretty much been written the same. Uh, he's a little bit selfish. He's a little bit um, focused. And we've seen this through the evolution of his character. He has always been steadfast focused on his writing career. There has been no change in his character from that. So what we see with Harper is ultimately what we've always seen with him. And I think everyone else has just grown to the next level and the next stage, whereas Harper has pretty much remained the same over the years. And his goals have remained the same. He hasn't really he hasn't really attained any new goals. His goals are the exact same as they were in the previous two uh, movies that we seen 20 years ago. So I agree. I don't think that Harper has changed at all. But clearly, Robin has changed because whereas initially she was that supportive 
system for Harper. Now she's wanting to grow her own wings and grow her own career. And it's clashing with the fact that she's always been the anchor for him. And now she needs him to be an anchor for her. And Harper just doesn't know how to be an anchor for anyone but himself. That's an interesting way of putting that too. So we're moving on. Interesting way of putting. That's what, in my opinion, that's what I see. That's what I see with this couple. Out of all of the rest, we've seen changes in the relationship. In the uh, whether it's with the male or the female, we've seen changes in the other relationships, but we've seen very little change in the characterization of Harper and Robin's character. We see more change with Robin than we have with Harper. Harper is just the same Harper that we've always known. Hate him or love him, he's the same guy that we met in 1999. The only difference is he's a father now and a husband. And to be quite honest Mm -hmm. with you, you want to keep it 100, Harper has always kind of been teetering on the edge of infidelity to begin with. He's lusting, and if he hadn't got his ass beat by Lance that night on the bachelor party, he would have slept with Jordan that night before the wedding. He was going to sleep with Jordan that night. So Harper has kind of always been, uh, I don't want to necessarily put him in the villain category, but he's kind of always been on the edge of cheating. This is the first time that we've seen Robin's character start to have a wandering eye a little bit. So, I mean, if there is infidelity, it could possibly be with Harper and Jordan because we know that this is something that has been festering over years. So he may be the one to cross that line first. (coughs) Excuse me. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I'm not gonna say. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not gonna say I'm 100 right on this. You know, I love to argue y'all down when I have a point, but this one can go either way. I think what's ultimately going to end up happening is that they are probably just going to grow apart. But we'll see where that goes. Um, so we get to Candace and Merch's place. They wake up, and I really just love their relationship. I really love how um their family life is and their at home life is. But we also see that Candace is so focused on this paper, this dissertation. She is working on this around the clock, night and day, every free moment. At breakfast, she's working on it. Right before she goes to bed at night, she's falling asleep on the laptop. She is spending all her time working on this paper. And somehow, some way, it's found its way to the American Education Research Journal. And she's like, how did my paper get submitted to the journal? Come to find out, Dr. Tempe, I think his name is, the doctor, is on the board or he's one of the editors for the journal. So I'm still leaning towards that, what you were saying in earlier reviews. I think this doctor is going to run off with her research. And that ain't the only thing he wants to run off with. But I think ultimately he is going to do something with her research, her work. What what, what are your thoughts on this? As an educator, what are your thoughts on this? This is what I'm most interested in hearing your opinion on. Uh-oh, really, B, did I lose you? 
I think I lost you. <laughs> um, yeah, this Dr. Tempe. No, uh-uh. <laughs> sorry. No, sorry about that. Um, as an educator, what as far as her dissertation and being focused on her dissertation? Yes. I mean, I think it's realistic. I mean, it's definitely stressful. It's definitely intense. Um, and because getting into this groundbreaking, you know, area, um, you know, she's definitely stressed out about it, you know, so I think it's a realistic depiction. Okay. And what do you think, thoughts on the doctor? <laughs> well, I hate to say it, but I saw this coming. I saw it coming. I saw exactly what happened. I saw it happening. So I hate to say it, but I mean, I think he's a creep and we saw what ended up happening and I feel really bad for her because she put a lot of faith in him. She put a lot of faith in him that one, that as a person of color that sits in a position that one, he was going to be a mentor for her. And that was going to help her along. Right. But I don't think that's the end of it. I don't think it's just at the end that he's going to make a pass to her. I think ultimately he is going to run off of her research. I just, I don't feel like this doctor, we've seen the last of this doctor. And obviously she's well, not going I to think, back. Well, I, I don't disagree with you, but I think where she's going to get the last laugh is that the, um, the cleaning lady walked in on it. So there's a witness. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That's right. The cleaning lady so, walked in. I don't disagree with you because that's, I'm going to be honest. When they first brought him on, that was my fear. One of the two things were my fear. My fear was either A, look at Alexa talking to you. Either A or Siri. Who, 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 um, either A, she he was going to steal her research or b he was going to come on to her and and because it was taking so long for him to do anything inappropriate i said okay he's going to steal her research especially when he yep. kept having her rewrite 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 That's but then that when he said when she was like i need to meet with you and he was like well i only have time at eight o'clock i said oh here it comes here's where <laughs> he's gonna make his move i said okay i saw that coming yeah, I knew I knew I right then when he when he told her that uh the only time I have available for you is after hours, I was thinking to myself, yeah, he finna make a pass at her and probably run off on her or with her research work after the fact. Yeah. So he's yeah, a but I think the fact that the cleaning lady walked in, I think that's gonna sort of be her her saving grace that she at least has a witness to I don't know if woman saw it, but you definitely could see that she was upset and distraught. That it wasn't like, oh, we're in here, we got caught. Oh, oops, we got caught. It was you could see her face that she wasn't happy. At least that's how and I she felt, left but upset. maybe because that's what I and she left up, Yep, and she left upset. Both of them left upset. The cleaning lady left upset and um Candace left upset. Yep. Sure right. Did. And the right and the cleaning lady's response was interesting to me as well. Because her response that was actually, very um Actually, you owned something with that because I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking like, okay, has he tried to make a pass at the clean lady too? Because her response was like, oh, I know what this was. I know what this feels like. Well, does the clean had... lady know that he got a whole wife? 
because he was talking to somebody on the phone talking about okay baby i'll see you later love you like he was having a whole conversation with another woman so the lady knows this man is a, is a whole married man mm -hmm. yeah, i don't know yeah. but i think I, I but i agree with you i think i don't think that that's over i don't think that's the end of it um and but i think i think the cleaning lady is gonna be uh her her witness i should say yeah her witness yep um yeah poor shelby <laughs> shelby is mixing up some kind of concoction to treat her menopause <laughs> um, like y'all might give into it but i'm not giving in she's not gonna give up this fight now meet me upstairs <laughs> right the fellows are playing cards and uh they're just kind of talking about life and what's happening in each and each one of their lives. And I really appreciate the moments like this with the fellas because I feel like we we get real genuine, we get a real genuine look at how they're feeling about things that are going on in their relationships and their marriages. And um they really take this opportunity to be honest with each other more than they are actually honest with themselves i feel like and that's one thing i appreciate about when they have these talking moments because i feel like they are addressing things that they probably should be addressing with themselves but don't really have the outlet to speak on it so when they get together they actually let their truths out to each other but really they're revealing their own truths of things that they know that they need to deal with and um uh, Harper ends up asking Lance how LJ is doing. What the fuck he asked him that? What you mean, what the fuck he doing? He all right. So we see that Lance is still struggling with the fact that his his son, his namesake, is, is on this path of discovery where they're trying to figure out how they want to identify and how they're going to move forward with their life. And we see that Lance is really struggling with that, which we expected him to. We knew that from first inception of this, that Lance was going to struggle with this. But his reaction to the fellas is like, you know, I don't want to talk about this with you. We can talk about all y'all problems. We can talk about everything else. But this is taboo right here. This is Pandora's box. Don't open it. Don't ask me no questions about it because he's in denial. He's in denial. And he's also at the same time processing still. So he's not ready to cross that line with the fellas yet, even though he knows that he probably does need to be honest with himself and honest with others that everyone else is accepting of LJ's decision, except for him. He also goes on to tell Harper, why you worried about my business? You need to be worried about your own and your old lady at home. So okay. they also find out that merch is not coming to the game. So they're trying to figure out what's going on with merch. And, you know, he's been kind of uh, giving everyone a little bit of backlash lately. He's probably, He's got a little bit of an attitude. What's up with him? So none of them still realize, even with uh, Quentin trying to go reach out to him, none of them have really realized that merch is not the same merch anymore. And, like, at what point are y'all going to realize that y'all friend is not the same guy that y'all used to know? Exactly. Uh, exactly. He also, he the next morning, 
I think Merch tells them, or I don't know if he tell them in that scene, but I know the next morning he tells Candace he ain't going to the movie premiere premiere because it's also the day of the premiere for um, Unfinished Business, the movie. And everybody's supposed to be getting together to go see the movie. But, of course, Candace can't go because the doctor told her the only time he got available to talk to her the whole day is 8 o'clock at night. So you come during panty dropper hours. And um, then um, Merch has just decided that I ain't going because I don't want to be embarrassed in this theater with all these folks when they look at my character on screen. So, again, we see that he's still struggling with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Um. Any thoughts in particular on that for you? No, I mean I think I already touched on it when I was like, it's not the same merch, and he doesn't want to sit through a movie that makes him look stupid in his mind. Yeah. I'm not saying him look stupid, but I think that that's how he feels about the situation. Like I'm not sitting through this. Lance is in LJ's room going through his things, which that's really intrusive. I hated it when I was growing up when my mom used to go through my room. I mean, I didn't have anything to hide, but, you know, still, I think a person's private possessions is the thing that is the most valued to them. And when anyone is going through their things, it's just it's an extremely intrusive feeling, whether it's your family, whether it's your parent whoever just the idea of you being in my room and going through my things just makes me uncomfortable um he stumbles across uh, a hidden compartment in lj's closet that has within it all of his uh i hope that i'm not being insensitive when i say this but uh has in all his female clothing i don't think that's he got heels, he has blouses. Like, I don't think, and I mean, that's what it is. Is you know, I mean, what, what our society identifies as female clothing. Like, this is what it is. Yeah. And so he's like, Lord, you're going to have to help me with this. Um, Quinn is uh, trying, is down in Brooklyn, trying to uh, meet up with Merch. And I love the fact that they all live in New York, but they don't necessarily all live in the same city. You know, uh, whatchamacallit is... The same uh, yeah, same brew. They are uh, Robin and um, Harper. I think they're in Harlem. You got Candace and Merch there in Brooklyn. And I think maybe Shelby and Quentin, probably Manhattan, maybe. Uh, Tribeca. <laughs> you know, they live somewhere. They, they, live, they live somewhere where the way of the news are at. <laughs> and then Jordan, I don't know where Jordan lives. Jordan strikes me like she might be Manhattan. Uh, somewhere around that area as well. But they all still uh, support each other and still come out and hang out. So Quentin is down here, you know, he brought Merch some coffee and, you know, they're trying to have a conversation. And, you know, again, Merch finally opens up to Quentin about what he's in his bag about. And Quentin's like, aren't you being a little insensitive? And that's one of the the worst things that a friend can say to me when I'm processing or if I'm upset about something or whatever, my feelings are not your feelings. So, you know, what you may find to be sensitive, I might not find, I might not agree or feel the same way. I mean, opinions are opinions and I get that, 
But sometimes I feel like as friends, we don't always realize that the things that upset us on our emotional level or uh, is always regarded as being sensitive or sensitivity. But, you know, everyone emotes and everyone has feelings. And the things that upset you may not upset me. The things that upset me might not upset you. So, you know, sometimes I feel like we as friends can be very insensitive to the fact that when we see one of our friends that has a drastic change in behavior and the first thing that we want to equate to that is, oh, he's just being soft. He's just being sensitive. Uh, Sometimes I don't think that's always the right approach. Yeah, I think I I think we have to stop being dismissive. I think we get and I don't think we do it because I say I'm saying we because I know I'm guilty. And I don't think we do it with malice, but we get comfortable. You know, we get comfortable with our friends. We get comfortable with um, what we think, who we think they are. And merch has just always been merch, right? The good time guy, one that makes everybody feel better. The one that every that that you know what I'm saying? Like that's always been merch. And so now that's what they're looking. They're like, oh man, come on, stop being so sensitive, man. Come on, stop. And he's like, I'm not being sensitive. Like I'm I'm telling you that I'm not okay. And I need you to respect how I feel. That's part of his problem. Now, now, I, now, what I think is he needs to, because the funny thing is, and here again, it goes back to, I think, how good the writing is. The person that I think we all expected to have a problem with the movie is Lance, and he didn't. Oh. I think any of us merch would be the one that would have a problem with the movie. That's a good point. That's a very good point. They probably was expecting Lance because we we saw that in the first episode. I mean, all of us did. Like, I mean, as the viewers, based on the original Ben, and they even sort of built it up like that because Hopper has been walking around eggshells this whole time with Lance as far as the movie is concerned. He's been walking on eggshells with them. So it was like, I mean, so how you feel about the movie? He was like, I'll wait till I see it. I'll let you know. Like, if this holds up, and then we get to the premiere. I know I'm kind of jumping ahead, but we get to the premiere. Lance is cool. It's 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 yep. merch. And I don't think anybody yep. saw that. I didn't. Like who saw that coming? That merch would be the one. Yep, that's true. That so, is yeah, so true. I, again, I think that goes back to the writing of it not being predictable, but also realistic. That's that is so true. Um so Jordan is at work. And uh, we see that, again, she's taking something for a headache, or we're presuming that she's taking something for a headache. And she's reading this article about Terry Silver, a.k.a. Demetrius Mercher. They give him the worst names every show he they cast him. <laughs> she's reading an article on Forbes about him, and I guess his investment company, Infinity Investments, and so she's been doing her recon on him. She's doing her due diligence. And I don't know what it is that she has doubts about. Or I don't know what it is that she's that's giving her pause where it's warranting her to investigate him. But either way, the math ain't mathing. So she feels like there's something not a, not all 100 with this dude. Now let me dig into this a little bit more. She just doesn't trust him. Like, the thing is this, I remember Oprah saying one time, we all have intuition. When that hair on the back of your neck stands up, when that, that little thing in the back of your mind says something about this ain't right, 
The problem is a lot of us just don't listen to it. Listen. And so she just had, it's been, remember she said from the beginning, I just, I can't trust you. Now, I think she thought he might have another woman, maybe have a wife, maybe have some kids. I don't think she thought it was going to end up being what it was, but it was something she kept nagging her. Even when after New Year's, she sort of let her guard down a little bit. You see, she's still kind of like, like she was at the premiere. We can go to the premiere together, but I'm going to meet you there. You know, like it's still, it was just something. And I think that's what it was. I think it was just her intuition that something, something just ain't sitting right. Yeah. And so um, the assistant yeah, comes in. That his company... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I jumped ahead. My bad. Go ahead. Uh, the assistant comes in and informs her that uh, everyone's in the conference room waiting on you, Jordan. Let's go have your meeting. But before you go, uh, you know, I'm going to say something to you that's probably out of bounds, but so please don't fire me. But she was like, you're a great boss. You are a real boss. You handle your business. You dress well. But you suck at self-care. And we saw that. We, we've seen that, that she does suck at self-care. Mm-hmm. And so we know that, uh, like I said in an earlier review, there, she's dealing with some type of medical ailment right now. I don't know if it's a condition. I don't know if it's just stress. We know that it's stress-induced. Whatever the condition is, we know that it's stress-induced. So Jordan's need to step back a little bit, pull back a little bit, and work on self. Um, and this is coming from yeah. a person who used to be a Jordan and didn't take care of self. So now absolutely. I'm learning, absolutely learning how to do me. I'm learning how to take care of me and everything else that happens in this world has its time and place. But when it's time for me in my place, I need to learn and focus on me and only me. Self-care, self-love, self-awareness. And we see that Jordan is, I'm not going to necessarily say struggling with that. She's just flat out ignoring it, avoiding it. Like she is 100% focused on her career and that is it. That is all. What do you think is happening to our girl? I think there might be just migraines. Maybe they're just migraines. Maybe there's migraines, but this dizziness and this this losing sight, I'm concerned. Aneurysm? Hopefully not. It could be. It could be an aneurysm. And what scares me now, I'm gonna say this. This down. This is gonna be my first criticism of this episode. Harper's character. Yes, she's career driven. Yes, she's she's a bullheaded. But I don't think she would ignore something this serious. I agree. Literally went blind. You literally could not see. I just don't see her. I mean, I could see her ignoring being fatigued. I could even see her ignoring having migraines. But losing her sight and then she's sitting there and Shelby is like, girl, you need help. And she's like, I'll be fine. That didn't seem, that didn't, I didn't, that just didn't seem like part of her character. That to me, it didn't. To me, that's a little bit unrealistic, period. Not just for her character. And I agree with you. Jordan's character absolutely would have an issue with this. Would be freaking out about this. But in life, if you woke up tomorrow and couldn't see, would you be at the doctor? I'm going to the emergency room. Exactly. That is not something normal. That Yeah, I'm calling somebody to drive me to the emergency room. 
do not pass go, do not collect two hundred dollars. Like that to me is not realistic. Now. And I, that part I I agree with it. I thought about that exactly. too. Like, well, why is she so nonchalant about this? Like, you know, I'll take a couple of aspirin. I'll take me some Imitrex and it'll be fine. No, this is not an Imitrex fix. And so no, she called. Not. I don't know if the assistant called Shelby because I don't know how Shelby found out. But Shelby shows up to because Shelby works there. I Shelby does that talk show. She yeah. does that talk show. Yep. Um, she has a dizzy spell. I don't know if it's a, like a lightheaded moment, almost near fainting moment in her meeting. The assistant takes her out of the meeting, takes her to a quiet room. Shelby comes in and says, you need a doctor. I'm taking you. I'm calling an appointment. She then seeks out Shelby's assistance in investigating Demetrius because she no longer can now because her sight, she's having issues with her vision. Mm-hmm. And we see that Shelby goes to work. And finds out the the business about uh, Terry Silver. Terry Silver is out here. Uh, he's an investor in private prison. Private. Yes. Prisoners. So basically, yeah, he's he's profiting off of, um, off of the backs of 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 criminals. And the thing is, this when it's for profit. In order for you to make a profit, you have to sell a product. So the idea of private prisons is that the only way you make a profit off of a private prison is if they stay full. Right. So then it goes back to, are we purposefully, it's it's the whole prison pipeline thing. So are we purposefully pushing people through the system to fill up these jails to make a profit off of my private, off of my private jail? And a lot more states are privating it because they don't have to deal with the money it takes to run the prison. But the flip side is if the prison is empty, nobody's making any money. So what are we doing to make sure that we're keeping these prisons full? And so that's why it's just a nasty taste. And we, I mean, you know, we also know that this prison system disenfranchises people of color, specifically men of color, more than it does anybody else. So again, it's all that, it's that, it's that tangled web of, so you're investing in a system that disenfranchises your own people. Hmm. That's making me second guess if you're somebody that I want to associate with. That's right. That's right. So Harper and um, Robin are at their marriage counseling session and she uses this opportunity to reveal to him that she's not going to make his premiere. And eventually we see them back at home on the stoop. They're having a conversation. And without the aid of the counselor, they came up with a a compromise. Hey, I'll come to the premiere, but I'm going to have to leave shortly after because she was going to some type of event that for the community or whatever that she could not miss. And so they had a moment of understanding and um, it it really looked good on them to see that they didn't have an argument, that they didn't lead to a big blow up fight, that they were able to come to a a compromise and one that was mutually beneficial to both of them. Now, that's interesting. We saw that two different ways because you saw it in a very positive way to say, hey, they were able to figure it out without an argument, without the counselor. And I was sitting here going, why couldn't y'all have had that conversation? Like, why couldn't you have communicated that? Like, how bad 
is your communication at this point where you can't even tell him, hey, my group, my my business has sponsored this this um this activity and I have to be there and it's the same night of your premiere. How do we make this work? Like as a married couple, I don't understand why that wasn't an immediate conversation the minute you saw that the dates were the same. The fact that he didn't mm. even know that you had this major event happening on his forget night. About, forget about the fact that it's the same night as yours. You didn't even know that it was happening. It just to me, I'm like, how bad is y'all's communication? We did look at that in two different ways. Wow. <laughs> okay. And you make a good point as well. Because you're I mean, I'm glad that right. we figured out, but I'm just like, wow. And you know that part, that part right there flew past me. I guess I was more so proud of the fact that they were able to resolve it without conflict. That's what I was more so focused on. But I totally missed the part of this conversation should occur way before now. We should have had a Dude, Why you got to wait till counseling? And yeah. then you didn't even tell him. You yeah. didn't even tell him. You told the counselor. Yeah. 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 Mm. I mean, this <laughs> is a major event in his life. And yes, your event is major as well. But the fact that he didn't even know about it tells me where's the, com like, y'all communication level is screwed up there, there doesn't seem to be much there doesn't seem to be much she doing her thing he doing her thing that's that's crazy and that's crazy that we have that type of lines of communication in a marriage that you out here doing your thing i'm out here doing your thing and neither one of us don't know each other's schedule and that's going back to the conversation that um uh, merch and candace was having about hey i'm not going to the premiere uh, can you take the girls to their activities? He was like, well, what makes you think I don't have plans already if I'm not going to the premiere or whatever? It's called communicating. And to be married to someone, share a bed with someone, and not know what their scheduled commitments are, that's crazy. I never right. looked at it that way. I mean, today, in today's technology, let's sync our Google Calendar. At yeah. the very least, we could, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, well, some people that I know, I won't call them names, but some people that I know don't seem to communicate well their schedule, so I can understand it. I don't know who you... I know you ain't talking about nobody that's sitting here right now because that's not the case. I'm talking to somebody about somebody uh, that mm -hmm. does similar things. Anyway, uh, let well, That somebody if, ain't sitting here right now. You might be talking about... You be talking about Juggernaut or... Uh, or um, um, Somebody else, you talking about me. I'm talking about somebody I know and somebody you know very well that uh has an issue <laughs> with communicating their schedule. I communicate and my schedule. You just don't like, you don't like what I communicate. I communicate my mm. schedule well, you just don't like it. Uh hit dog go home. Hit dog go home. Oof. Um oh, wow. so okay. <laughs> so uh Lance is decided to go buy LJ a Tom Ford suit for this premiere. He don't lay it out on the bed. He don't got him across. <laughs> LJ like, uh, why are you in my room? <laughs> like, I you. The cross cracks like, me up. Like, really? I bought you a suit. He's like, oh, okay, thanks, Dad. Get on the room. And then, right. um, is this the point where they have an argument about his things going to donation? No. Mm -mm. 
is when they get ready to leave and he comes down. But the thing is, he wore the suit. He just had a blouse. But Lance lost it. Oh, he did have a blouse on with it. That's what it was. That's what it was. When they were getting ready to leave to go to the uh, premiere, premiere, he came downstairs. He had the suit on, but he had a blouse on. And yeah, Lance was very upset. Told him, go change his clothes or whatever the case may be. He was like, fine, I'll change my shirt, but I ain't changing who I am. So right. That, I thought that was I thought that was a great line when he said, I'll change my shirt, but I'm not gonna change. Like, like that no. ain't changing who I am, bro. So I think we see Merch have his first match and he does well. Uh Terry Silver shows up to the premiere and he's a bit of an asshole. Do you think that he's an ass? He's being an asshole because of the scene in the movie and he's putting two two together like everyone else has about Harper and Jordan's connection. What was the whole inspiration yeah, behind yeah. his little comments and digs that he was taking at Harper at the after party? I mean, just what you just said. My, it's that that jealousy, that rivalry thing. You know, like I need to let you know, like okay, you. And I think part of it is jealousy, period. But I also think it's a little bit of Harper involved in that. Mm, okay. Because again, remember they knew each other in college, so there may have been some stuff that's been spilled over from college. And that's what it appears to be. There appears to be some unfinished business, <laughs> um, <laughs> literally. Um, just about to whoop his ass. Yeah. Um, Terry Simple got himself messed up in that club. He messed with Harper. They they would have came and jumped on him. Oh yeah, they would. Uh, they would been a whole. It would have been a whole other situation. Yeah, he would have folded him up and put him in the back of that infinity like Ghost did. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and power. <laughs> uh, Merch goes to pick up his daughters all beat up, bruised up. They look at him like, uh, Dad, are you okay? <laughs> and Merch was being a real ass. Like, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know if he was just stressed out about the premiere. But I think that's what he was. He was being a real ass. To everyone, because he even kind of snapped that Candace a little bit about the whole yeah, thing. Girl that, that lady ain't no, he, that lady ain't do nothing to you. The teacher, yeah, he snapped at her too. I forgot about that, yeah. So, yeah, he just having a moment. I don't know what he's, yeah, he's going through a transition in his life where he wants people to look at him as I'm not a pushover. So, I guess I got to treat everybody, you know, rough and tough for them to not view me as such. They're in the club, and they enjoy themselves, and they're having a good time, or whatever the case may be. Like I said, Demetrius, aka Terry Silver, is being cynical and smart ass, and you know, nose up in the air. I'm better than you, making little comments at Harper in regards to Jordan. And I really like the fact that Jordan defended Harper. You know, she like gave him the brush off and was like, Well, you know what? Uh, I'm not feeling you right now, so you need to step off or whatever. Lance uses this as an opportunity to kind of lash out at Jordan because she's the godmother and she's supporting LJ's decision in his non-binary uh, classification. But I don't necessarily feel like he should be upset with Jordan. First of all, he should be thankful that Jordan is actually a person that he, his son can actually... Uh, seek solace in but he's just so upset and lost in this whole situation that you know anyone that supports it is uh someone that i have an issue with as well so we're going to see lance continue to struggle with this whole situation 
I'm gonna say this, and I understand Lance's frustration, and I understand him being upset because he's still struggling with accepting who his son is. And I I respect that. It is a it is a process. Like he hasn't, he may not have been. He may not have taken it the best, but he didn't take it the worst. Like he didn't put him out the house. He didn't call him out his That's name. He, we even saw what he's praying on. Like he's trying, he's trying, and I'm gonna give him credit for that, right? So, um, the other thing is, I feel like what what bothers me though is if you go back to the first episode before you know when they when like that was right after the right after his wife died and all of that. You remember the conversation that Harper was having with, I want to say it was either Shelby or it was one of the girls. And she brought up the fact that Harper was damn near living at Lance's house, taking care of, those, helping him take care of those kids. Because I don't know if you remember, they made a comment about um, something about, I mean, I don't remember the exact wording, but to let us know that Harper was very much there after um, Mia died. And she was very much taking care of those kids while Lance was off at the hotel tricking off with the three, four hoes. And I don't remember the way he worded, but if you go back to that first episode, so I say all that to say this, she hasn't been an absentee. She hasn't been an absentee godmom. She's been very clear. So you you know that, oh shoot, sorry. Um, So you know that everything she does is with the right intention. So again, I understand he's struggling and he's lashing out and I know he's hurt because he feels like everybody knew but him. But don't forget who was real don't forget who had your back. And who who was for you when when you couldn't really be there for those kids. Good points. Good points. So I'm not we're not gonna even spend no more time talking about uh the doctor. We know that he tried to make a pass at Candace. She was able to get out unscathed. Uh, he didn't force himself on her. I felt like if the cleaning lady hadn't arrived, hadn't showed up when she did, he probably would have forced himself on her. Candace is really having a hard time with this. We see her break down when she gets home. Uh, I can understand why she didn't want to tell her husband about it. Um, but at the same time, I have issues with with women who do this, that have went through a traumatic experience and you keep your husband in the dark. Because all you're doing is making the situation worse for when your husband does find out. Then he's going to go off half cock crazy and do something stupid. But I feel like that's a situation where she should have woke her husband up, sat her husband down, and told her what's been told him what's been going on. From this whole, this man has been making me change my paper around. Uh, you know, he told me that the only time that he had available for me was tonight after hours. But to let your husband live in uh, everything's all good world when it's not and you're hurting, you're denying him his his role as your protector and your provider to take care of you. I would have an issue with my wife if something like that happened to her and she didn't share that with me immediately. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this, and I hear you, I hear you. But there are two two ways I'm gonna look at this. The first way is as a woman. Sometimes we need a minute to process. I could see if she sat on this for three, four months. It literally just happened. That's true. And she needed, and you saw her break down. I feel like she needed a minute. I think if 
he had been awake when she came in, I don't know if she would have been able to hide it from him. But the fact that he was asleep, I'm not blaming him for being asleep, but the fact that he was asleep sort of gave her a minute. As a woman, and I mean, I've, I've never been sexually assaulted, but I've definitely had unwelcome advances. It takes like it takes a minute for you to be like, okay, did that really happen? Oh my gosh. And for her, her it's much deeper because I'm sure that mixed up in this with the whole assault part of it, now you're dealing with what do I do now? I still have to finish my dissertation. He's my advisor. He is in a position of power. Is he going to throw, is he going to hurt me? Like, like, is he going to throw my research out? Is he going to stop me from finishing this program? And I've already asked to change advisors once. How am I going to do that again? Because again, like, and I'm not saying she's thinking about all these things. I'm saying I'm thinking about this is a lot for her to process. And then it's like, and what am I going to do? Excuse me. How do I handle it? Now, the, so I'm not, I don't know if she won't tell Merch, but giving her a tour 48 hour window, I think we're good. But the flip okay. side is, she, she doesn't know this part, but the flip side is the new merch, I'm scared of her telling him. Because I don't know how he going to roll up, you know? That's true. That's true. So, uh, Shelby and Quentin gets home. Well, first of all, we see that merch, I mean merch, we see that Merch is asleep. Uh, Candace does come home. She processes. She goes upstairs and goes to bed. Um, Jordan and Harper, they're having their soulmate moment. That's all I, I, I look at that as. They have a soulmate moment. Everyone Remember, else is ditching. Everybody was supposed to go for the drink. Remember? Because yep. Harper ended up going to Harper ended up going to Sydney's um, event and she was well, appreciative you are terrible that he with names. Terrible. Who the hell is sitting there? <laughs> Robin. That ain't Hopper's wife. No, Robin. Oh, damn. Sydney, <laughs> that was her name. That was her name in Brown Sugar, Lord. Brown Sugar. Her name, yeah. Her name was Sydney Brown Sugar. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Right couple, wrong movie. Still it was still her and Tay Diggs. It was just the wrong movie. Wrong movie. <laughs> So, um, so she he came, and so I thought that was good. Like you said, talking about their marriage and everything, and him trying to save the marriage. I thought that was great that she showed up, right? But remember, other people were supposed to be there at that happy hour. It was supposed to be the whole crew. Yeah, but nobody showed up except everybody for went home. Partner. Yeah, everybody went home. Yeah. And so uh, we end the episode with uh, Quentin and Shelby getting home, and they're kind of having a little playful moment. They're drunk. They enjoyed themselves for the night. But Quentin collapsed. And maybe this is, oh my this God, is the answer to so, so bad when I saw Listen, is this the answer to what we have been asking about the whole season? This is the couple that we have been rooting for. This is the couple that we've seen the most growth with. Are they going to kill him off? Oh, my God. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they did because it's not unreal. Again, going back to the way the writers have been writing, it to me has been very realistic. In a friend group, you have all these different dynamics happening. Um, do I think they will? I, for me, it's a 50 50 that they will. But even if they don't write him off, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be really sick and Shelby's going to have to really be there. And take care but of But I him. hope they don't. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I, I just wouldn't. But you I, know I won't like it. <laughs> but you know what? That's going back to we're seeing the whole Rubik's Cube. We're seeing the whole 360 of a marriage. The ups and the downs for better or for worse, for uh, sickness and health. Um, exactly. And I think it could be a situation where maybe Quentin's having a stroke, a heart attack, or something to that effect, and Shelby may end up having to be his caretaker and help facilitate his father's care at the same time. So mm -hmm. there's a lot that's probably getting ready to be put on her character that we've never seen her in this transition before where she's going from being housewife to home health care. So let's to see how that turns out and with that that wraps up this episode overall a very good episode overall yeah. uh, i like the season um like i said there's a few plot points that um i'm a little irritated with but overall i think superb writing superb acting and just overall great show a great show i really wish that uh we can get another season of it i don't know they said the final chapter the final chapters that's right the final chapters would have been the final season. So. You know what? If we would get another season, it would have been called The Best Man, The Next Chapters. The final chapters would have been the end of this. The, yeah, so you're right. So maybe this is a one season and done. So let's see how it ends. All right. All right. Any, any last thoughts before we wrap up? No. Now I need to run and go watch. You know, I don't like watching ahead. But I'm, I was so upset when Quentin passed out. So now I need to go see what happened. All right. I need you to go see what happened. All right, guys. We'll be back and talk to you about episode. We got two more episodes to do. We're done. We got two more episodes. All right. Two more. Let's get it done. All right. Peace. All right. Peace, y'all.